Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown and the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I have Ben Hodson from Job Nimison. How you doing, Ben? Hey, everybody. Doing great. We're talking about how people should stop spending money on leads that they aren't working. Yep. And some of you might go, what? People aren't working the leads? Yeah, people are not working the leads. We both have some quick stories here to tell you that might uh, really kind of tell this lesson better than preaching will. So we're not going to preach. We're going to give you stories. And uh, I think that the main problem here is that contractors say they want more business, but uh, Ben and I both know that the, the leads are slipping through the cracks. Either the contractors are not working leads well, or they're sloppy, or there isn't clarity on who's working what and what was the last touch. Uh, ben, what have you seen? Uh, tell us the story. Well, we actually have a lot of customers. Uh, well, they're not even customers yet. They're people coming to us as a lead. Interesting enough, they're interested in trying to solve a problem. And, and they'll say the same thing over and over again. They'll say the words, a lot of jobs are slipping through the cracks. And they usually start by meaning we're getting a lot of leads either through referrals or great reviews, or we're getting a lot of, uh, we're paying for a lot of marketing dollars. That's more common. And we're paying for these leads and then they're not getting worked. I don't know where they're at. I don't know who's followed up. And even if I know that they at least got worked once, I don't know how well they are worked. And there's some best practice around how much you want to work a lead too. And uh, a lot of people don't have good tracking of those things right now. So um, we actually created, uh, we did a little test here at our company. It was kind of fun. One of our employees that had a roof leak interesting enough and we said well wait before you just like start calling let's actually do an experiment let's take uh, 10 of the top companies that are coming up on google search in in utah in this area where he lives and let's just call him and you call him and don't tell him anything about job numbers just you're just a customer and you you need your roof fix and see what happens i'm curious how they respond so we called up 10 and and he left a message uh with all of them the actually only one uh, picked up the phone on the call. Everybody else you had to leave a message with out of uh, nine others. That's kind of shocking, I thought, first. And the one that picked up the phone uh, was ready to book an appointment, had a crew that could come out or a, a, a service tech or whatever that could come out even the next day. So that was pretty impressive. But he said, well, I'm going to get a couple other bids. I'll wait. He only got one other call back. So that means out of nine, only one other person actually called him back. And it kind of crazy. So he left another message with the other eight and they still did not get anybody to call back and they still did not answer the phone on the first ring. So he thought, well, maybe they're out of business. Uh, I don't know. They're coming up on Google search and they're one of the top rated roofers in my area, but this is very odd. And so uh, he went forward and, and, and now here's the funny thing that happened. We actually correlated the companies after that back to who was a JobNimus customer. And the two that were JobNimus customer of those 10 both were the ones that called them back or answered the phone. I don't think that's a coincidence for one. Uh, but the second thing was interesting is he got his roof repaired by this uh, top roofer, did a great job, had a great experience with them. They used our invoicing tools and all this stuff. He, it was fun to see a real customer using everything that he works on because he's in our development team. And then he's a month later, it's like three and a half weeks later, he's at his house with his kids upstairs and he sees a ladder out the window. He's like, what the heck? So he goes out there. There's a dude on his roof. The guy's wandering around and he's like, what are you doing up there? 
Oh yeah, you guys called us a couple of weeks ago. We finally got around to getting out to the service appointment. I thought I'd get up on your roof and look for that leak first that you mentioned. Bizarre. Didn't even knock on the door, just got up on the roof and was wandering around. And he's and, and was actually taking photos of the repair, acting like it needed to be repaired again. Kind of wild. Mm. Anyways, came down. He said, This already got fixed. What are you doing? You never even called me back for a month. Yeah, sorry, we've been really busy, was the answer. Mm. There's okay, a lot so back there. I mean, it's that is extremely interesting. I want to talk about the problem for one more minute. Uh, and I want to tell a little story because we listened to 100 calls uh, to, oh, yeah. to understand what the best roofers were doing on their service calls. Yep. And my first, what I'm trying to understand the problem is why is it bad that people are just burning through leads? What is the real problem? Because there's no, there's no harm in it, right? What's well, the problem? When you talk to most contractors, they're trying to grow their business is the main thing, especially owners. They're all about growth. And so if you want to grow your business, the best way to do that is to work the leads you're getting so mm. that you actually close more. If you work more leads, you close more leads. It's axiomatic. Uh, and then secondarily, you're spending money to get those leads in through marketing. You might be paying mm. for Google placement, all kinds yeah. of things. Uh, you might be paying for direct uh, ads or direct leads from sources like Angie's or whatever. And if you're not working them, that is just straight cost going into your profit margin for no reason. So it's like a double whammy. You're not growing and your cost is costing you more. I hope to God that you're not out there. You have your best salespeople knocking doors while these leads from Google are falling through the cracks. Right. That's, what that's my hope that you're not yep. doing that. Because, you know, anyways, I don't want to go into that, but I'm just saying, these are important. It's too much money to be spending, or it's too much money that you've spent previously. If you're the top of Google, especially if you're spending money on Google ads, oh my gosh, or Facebook or whatever, just don't waste that money. Don't waste yeah. that money. It could be better spent. Um, so how? So before I go into this next question for you, I just want to tell that brief story of the calls. Yeah. So we listened to 100 calls. Some of the things that we saw. I mean, it isn't necessarily. Wait, why did you correlated. listen to 100 calls? What was the context of that? Yeah. So we do quality control on our clients. Oh, um, cool. You know, we're we're tr we're trying to understand what's a good lead too. So we had, we naturally do this just to check up on lead quality. Yeah. So, and and then also while you're in there, hey, is there anything that they could be doing better on, um, you know, the phone? So I think that's, you know, that process and kind of understanding. And I honestly, part of me is like, do I really know what's best to do on the phone? Well, if you listen to these calls, you would know pretty quickly. There's some basic things that people aren't doing. I'll give those really quick. You just got to be nice. You got to set the appointment. You got to get details about what's going on. Yeah. You know, some of the things I wish people had, and maybe Jab Nimbus helps with this. I don't know. But uh yeah is I wish that they knew exactly which service tech was up next and when their next appointment, the uh, when the next one would be. Because if they had those things, who's the person? Because there's like, there's a lot of fumbling going on. And mm -hmm. if they had, I know who's up next and I know when the next appointment was, it would be way smoother. And from my point of view, if you're not, if you're not friendly, it doesn't, you don't have to be like the most the sharpest person on earth to answer a call. But if you're not friendly and you're yeah. acting like you want that business, because there is some people answering. And I, I mean, like most of our clients are great, but Hey, 
sometimes the most learning you get from problems. So it, it really comes down to being friendly, having details in front of you and being able to set the appointment. And it's not about, you don't need to close that job, but you need to leave a good impression after that call. They should That's want to work right. with your company. Yeah, it almost feels like sometimes when I call contractors there, they sound like it's a hassle for them to have to pick up the phone. And, yeah. and I think from feeling overwhelmed, disorganized, not very mm. efficient. And so it's like, it almost is a hassle in their mind because that's just one more thing to worry about right now, you know? And I like the, I like a little bit of separation between the people getting the work done and the people selling a little bit. Cause yeah. no offense, just cause you're busy doesn't mean you shouldn't be stacking the deck with more business. You know what I mean? Like that's something I learned early is like, you need to keep your hustle going even when you you're busy because three months happens pretty quick and we need the three months from now to be busy too. Yeah, you know, it's, totally. it's not always the case. Otherwise you get in this big up and down thing, roller coaster with your business and that is not fun. So to smooth that out, be good on the phone. I mean, I think that's a big deal. So yeah. how else have you seen contractors be disorganized? Well, before we go into that, yeah. actually, I have a couple ideas around that. So okay. I yeah. learned early on in my in doing selling or even being an entrepreneur. And if you're an entrepreneur, you're the first salesman in every company, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the phone sales that I was doing, uh, it, it's a freaking grind, it, it, whether you're taking inbound calls or doing outbound calls or that sort of thing. And to keep up for it, because uh, the real, really way you want to do this is you want to make a meaningful connection with every person you talk to. Mm. It's so hard to do when you can't see them or anything like that. Yeah. One of the things that I did that works so good, and it sounds so simple, is before I would do any call, I would smile. And I actually had a mirror at my desk, and I would smile at myself. Mm. Just the energy of being up and smiling and yeah. smiling on the first words that I say to the call, I was smiling when I talked to him. The smile goes through the phone. It totally does. And it does. immediately feel it genuine, more genuine conversation happening. Man, that's good. I'll, let's tap into that deep expertise. Any other things that you felt like from your experience selling on the phone, anything else that you felt was useful? Yeah. The next thing is trying to get them to open up and there, in, in negotiation theory, there's a, a concept called reciprocity. And, and the, the, the thought, the thinking here, by the way, whenever you're in a negotiation, a really smart move, depending on the candidate or the person you're working with, is to be very vulnerable and open about something. Now, mm. this sounds counterintuitive because most people yeah. think negotiations all about destroying the other person, winning at all costs. That's actually the wrong way to do most negotiations. Mm -hmm. um, so if you share something vulnerable, and I'm not talking about the deal things they shouldn't know. I'm talking about something personal that you share, a worry that you have, something that makes you look open, that brings down the wall. And, and sometimes people try to exploit it, but that's good too. Uh, but what it does is it causes the other person to feel like they need to share back or that it's okay to share back. So a lot of times on the call, I would talk about a problem or something going on in my life right now that I was worried about. Yeah, it's been a tough day because of X, but I'm really excited to talk to you. And then they would immediately feel a connection with me because they know something about me and that I'm, uh, I'm open, honest. And I would, I would say, tell me about you know, why. And then boom, they would start uh, spilling their guts about different things because people love to talk about themselves, but they're uh, hesitant unless they feel like they know you. So you let them know you a little bit and that opens up the door. Now, mm. in the case of a homeowner calling in and saying, 
hey, I've got a roof leak, you know, you might just get right into like, okay, tell me about what happened. And they'll usually have a kind of a crazy story. Uh, it's like the carpet's messed up. My daughter found blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And now you've got something to work from like, oh man, doesn't that suck? I'm in total, we can totally help you with that. And you're in their court, you're bonding with them. It's all about that connection in mm -hmm. that first few minutes of the call. I don't know why I didn't realize like, before listening to these calls, I didn't realize how many really are in that situation where the leak is happening right now. <laughs> I think crazy. I just thought, yeah, of, yeah I, I didn't realize that. I mean, it is is the case. I'm sure roofers are like, yeah, of course, but yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I think we always take it for granted. Like, oh, it happened last night or whatever, yeah. or it's old and we just noticed it, but that's not usually the case. And there, there is people referring out, like if they, because they can't get to it right now. Which always makes me a little sad, if I'm honest, yep. as, the, as the one that might be helping to increase the leads. Yeah, <laughs> They're referring quick and because the, they can't get to it today or tomorrow, you know? And so the, I guess I want you to be organized because I want you to be able to get out to those leaks today and tomorrow. That's exactly right. Because I know I ultimately believe you're going to close more business. And I think that that's good for all of us. Um, so I don't know. It's hard uh, when you got limited staff uh, and you've got, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of constraints on a small business owner right now that doesn't feel like they can get to it quick. And in a business where getting to it quick is so important. Um, I have a, I have a, a way that I've been working with companies on that's worked really well. And again, I like simple things. And, and so a lot of times you hear things I say and say, oh, that's obvious. And then you actually look at it and say, I never actually did that. So just do this. And, and that's everybody's in the idea of what's happening to me in my business and how hard it is to fulfill whatever expectation of customers. I want you to flip the script on that and think about what it's like to be your customer. Mm -hmm. Oh, this sounds obvious, but very few people do this. And, and I'm not talking about a cursory. Oh, yeah, I thought about it for a second. I'm talking about you sit down. Maybe you're so busy that this is a Saturday afternoon and for four hours with all the key team members on a whiteboard and you think through every step how do people find us online or how do people mm -hmm. if i had a leak right now how would i find us and you start going oh yeah it's not actually easy to find us we're not here we're not here we're not here okay tells you a lot of things you should be doing in your business next step once they find us how do they find out how to get a hold of us oh yeah wow our phone number is not easy to see on our website or, or whatever you know or we don't have anybody to actually answer phones at this time and this time of the day, we're always overwhelmed. We miss a lot of calls. So now suddenly you've got two big pitfalls for the customer journey. If you think about your customer in this context, they're like, this is a sucky experience. I'm already thinking this isn't a great contractor. Then number three, once they get on the phone, what's their experience? How much do they feel like we care about them, connect with them? How likely are we to come across as the best contractor they talked to that day when they called multiple people? oh, wow, we would need to do this and this and this and this on the call to be looked like at the best. Great, now you got specific ways. And you keep carrying this forward through the entire journey, all the way through billing, and then asking for the re referral. It changes the entire game because now it's all about how the customer it feels and less about you under the water or what guy isn't doing what you told them or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's good. Okay, so let's, let's talk about, kind of talked a little bit about the call. Mm -hmm. um, where else do you feel like disorganization is kind of holding people back? I think we talked a little bit about the, the first appointment and how, yep. how should a, a technician or a salesperson be interacting with the CRM? I think that 
one of the things that people uh, that owners want is, and sales managers want is for people to interact with the CRM more. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the objections that salespeople have is like, if I'm doing the work or I'm making sure things are happening, sometimes it's hard to interact with the CRM. So how does, yeah. uh, maybe you don't want to talk about CRM at this moment, but I'm saying well, like, I, let's, yeah. let's address that. It's totally, it, it's every time a salesperson says like, this is slowing me down or this, this is more work. I could, well, show me your process. And without mm-hmm. fail, in fact, I can't even think of an instance where they had a better process than what we have. They mm-hmm. always think they do because mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, you justify in your mind is the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. For most people. And once you know your job and you've had some success with it, then you it becomes like ingrained knowledge that's hard to, uh, it like causes cognitive dissonance to hear mm-hmm. that it's not like something could be better. So for instance, well, when you get a lead, where are you putting it? If you're not using a CRM, what are you writing it on a, a notepad somewhere? Are you, you know, where is it in an email stuck? Or something? Now, Google if, Doc. Yeah. Now you have a, you, you call up the customer. How did you log that call? So yeah. you even remember what to say. If you say, I only get one lead a month and I can remember it. I can understand that. But like, yeah. you're not in business if you're getting one lead a month. So that's, that's not even a valid argument. And then second, like if you send them an email, where is that log? What did you say? Well, it's in my email. Yeah. But what about phone calls? When was the last time you contacted them? When are you supposed to have another follow-up? Because mm-hmm. key, key to any good sales process is to never leave a meeting with a customer without a follow-up meeting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a number one first bonehead move to make. So if you, where are you putting that? Well, I've got a paper calendar. I'm using my phone calendar, which isn't tied in. So the whole freaking concept here is to think about a CRM as being like, how would you ever be a great salesperson if you didn't have a tool to be able to track what you're even doing? How would you even remember if you got 50 leads, what you're even doing with everybody? Oh, it's all in my head. Yeah, BS. And then secondarily for the owner, they want it because they said, I got to get visibility in what's going yeah. on in business. Yeah. Like we're spending a lot yeah. of money on leads, you know, yeah. right now. So. And I mean, like the clarity on the numbers, right? Like that's the, that's a big one for yep. me is like, I need to know what our close rate is. <laughs> I yep. need to know where our best leads are coming from. And I'll break it down. Leads are I want to know yeah. close rate per rep. I want to know which reps yeah. are working leads better so I yeah. can work with them and help them, you know? Yeah. And the more, you know, I will like just to motivate people, if you're a salesperson watching this, like to use this CRM and to get in there and to get, you know, key data is it really helps me know when to give you a raise. It really helps. I mean, like I know closes, but. It also helps me know your activity and how you're taking care of people because I'm not just giving raises on closed deals. I am, you know, that's, you know, and obviously commissions and stuff like that, but I'm also paying attention. If, if you have a bad month or a couple of bad months, but I know your activity is high. If I know your activity is high, you're at least, I mean, that, that helps, you know, everyone has bad months or, you know, here and there, and you don't have to be the best salesperson all the time. If, I know that the activity is high. So that's one really good reason to make sure you're documenting stuff, I think. The best salespeople know their numbers to the penny. Yeah. The best salespeople monitor their numbers every day and work the number. How can you move a needle on something that you don't understand what you're moving? So the idea that you can just do it all on paper or in your own little spreadsheet here or there, it can work. It's not scalable and nobody has visibility. Yeah. 
but it can sort of work, but it will never go to the level of the best sales. <laughs> never. Yeah, I'll I'll give like a, a cute example with me right now today because yeah. I'm I am the salesperson for Hook Agency today because yeah we have uh, Sydney who's out in Florida. Yep. I got I got three leads in the like hour or two leading up to this yep. phone phone calls, right. which is cool. You know, Hook Agency like it's it's cool that they're flowing in right. Yeah great people. I have them on a note. So I'm just, I'm telling to myself right now, I have them on a note on my computer and I'm hoping to enter them later. Yep. You know, and I, I don't normally, I'm not normally the first point of contact at our company. So, but basically there's problems with this because there's more details here that I probably didn't get logged. So I'm just, I'm basically telling on myself, I need a CRM, man. I, <laughs> Our, our CRM is actually, I mean, they don't make a good one like you guys for us. No, I'm just, I'm sure that they do. I just need to, I'm using um, a project management. I'm using uh, monday.com for our leads. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good for the PM side of things for yeah. a business like you. Yeah. Um, I, I like some of the stuff they do. Uh, not super customizable, but you probably don't need a lot of customization. Yeah. Uh, right now, at least as you scale, you will. But um, what is specific? Why, why specifically a a home services or a contractor related CRM. Give me, give me the why yeah. comparatively to like, I have my why, why I wouldn't suggest like a HubSpot or something like that. But I, I'm curious like your why of why, why is it better to use a niche uh, CRM at least? Yeah, the, the complexity of running a business is so high that there's no one tool that can do everything for everybody and everybody has different use cases and problems. And so what you're seeing more and more in CRM, it's been happening for the last 20 years, is more niche products like targeting a specific space. And then what do you get out of that? You get very deep customization around the workflow of that type of business. Mm -hmm. You get tools and features that are dedicated. Like there are things in Job Nimbus that only work well for contractors. They, mm -hmm. if I was a software company, which we happen to be. I would never use Job Nimbus as my CRM because I need tools mm -hmm. for what a software company needs. And that doesn't mm -hmm. mean that it's bad. It just means that we're very focused on those contractors. You know, uh, third, you get integrations. So everybody needs more interoperability than ever. They want something that says, okay, we're using this tool and this tool, and you probably need the same thing. I bet you have 20 different marketing tools to be able to do what you're doing. And it'd be really nice for a tool to pull that all into your CRM yeah. in the end process. You know, HubSpot's a great example of that. They have like 400 integrations around yeah. marketing related things right now. So what are the, some, what are the things for people that aren't as familiar with you guys, what are the things that you guys integrate well with that they might be familiar with? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody uses things like Eagle view and company cam uh, for photo taking, Eagle View for uh, aerial measurement. Those are, you can order that stuff. You can sync it automatically. Job numbers. I mean, you're a company cam user. You just turn on a sync. It's so easy. And then every photo you take from company cam goes right into the job on job numbers. Mm. Exactly lined up. Super nice. cool. You know, if you were, yeah. uh, if you're like, man, I'm doing aerials. You can order your Eagle View right from our app, and nice. and, uh, and it comes right in and sends you a little notification on the app as soon as it's done, and it's right there on the job, and you can send it to the customer in one click and all this kind of stuff. So we have over forty integrations that are very, very home exteriors, roofing specific. Yeah, 
And all of those are ones that customers are driven to say, I want this, I want this, I want this. We yeah. use this all the time. You go to any other CRM, they're not even have one of those. You know, even in our own space, our competitors don't even have that many integrations at all. Can you let me play uh, journalist for a second and ask oh, yeah, some more questions? I'll play a journalist. I, I'm, I think about some other, I'm not going to mention names of other CRMs, but they're trying to do everything within the CRM. So why have you decided to go this direction and integrate with some of these services instead of trying to build that in the CRM? I, I'm seriously uh, curious. I know that some people will be attracted to something that's a one size. It does every, every little thing. And then some people will appreciate the more extensible approach here. So why? So it goes back to our premise of our whole company. So our mission is three words, make contractors heroes. And when we think about making a contractor hero, we think about like, to me, being a heroic contractor is suddenly your life's under control and you're spending more time with your kids and your grandkids or your family members or whatever. Suddenly your life is more in control and you're making more money than ever before working less than you have before. And now you're being able to buy that vacation house or that cool boat that you always wanted. Another option is that you say, I want to be the number one you know, roofer in Lehigh, Utah, and we help you make that happen. That would be making you the hero. Another thing, I want to do a charity. I, I, uh, let's say you were in the military and you feel really strongly about vets or something like that, and you want to give back and you want to grow the company so you can give back more and more. That's what I define as being a hero. Now, what does that have to do with CRM focus? Well, if you think about that mission, that's all about growth. It's all about going personal growth and company growth. Well, then you need to have a tool that can grow with you. And the problem with building a tool that has everything all in one place is that it works pretty good if you're small stage and as you start growing, you grow out of it because suddenly here's what happens with every company that gets bigger. They realize that whatever they were doing today didn't, doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. That's the only way you can keep scaling is to change. It's about adaptation. That's how the best companies get, get big is they adapt to the next uh, uh, rung. And it's about changing around your org structure. It's about how you change your processes. And it's about how you change around the tools that you use. So you're going to hit a wall where you're going to say, man, this doesn't let me customize things anymore. And we have to do this and this and this to get to the next stage. And so we build JobNimbus around that concept. Now we have built-in templates that you can start out with JobNimbus without doing any customization and have great success early on. But even the small guys say, yeah, but I want an integration here because I'm already using this tool and everybody's trained on it and we love it. Ooh, and, okay. and it'd be crazy to go to them and yeah. say, well, dump that other tool and use our stuff when we, we say, just use what you want. It's so much easier to build mm -hmm. the business on things you already know than having to start over on something that's, that's totally good. That's good. And I think like for me, I like personally, philosophically, I like kind of splicing some tools together personally, because I, I think usability on the back end is really important. Yeah. You know, and as much as like you're saying, if you're able to, if you're already working in a certain tool, uh, I want your people to be able to use that. Um, yeah, there's another aspect to that, by the way, which is that you want to also uh, think about every company. Let's take Company Cam, for instance. They, they're considered the number one photo taking software in home exteriors. And they, for rightly so, it's a great user experience. We love them. They're a great partner of ours. Uh, Sumo quote, number one in proposal building, you know, maybe leap to digital will probably be in the same zone, like both good partners of ours. And and when you think about those companies, you think 
that's their entire focus. All their money, all their time goes into making a great proposal experience or a great estimating experience or a great photo taking experience. Now there's Job Nimbus that's the overall system. Are we ever going to be as good as any one of those companies at their thing they totally focus on? No. Can we have a lot of the features that will say, a lot of customers say, oh, this is good enough. I'm really happy with this area. Sure. But what about the other people that say it's, I want to use the other tool because it's more focused. That's what I'm talking about with scaling. As you mm -hmm. grow your business, you're going to get more and more tools that solve a specific need and mm -hmm. you need a system that plugs them all in. That's why they call it a platform. That's what we are. <clears throat> yeah. No, I like that. I think of same thing goes when somebody wants something on their website and they're like, like whether it be like chat or like people yeah. have asked us to like do a CRM on their website sure, or something. Like that. Yeah. And I just, I'm always like, this will be out of date. If, if somebody did it, let's say they like had a crazy budget. They're just like, well, I want you to, we could do something. You know, there's, there's kind of like WordPress plugins and stuff, whatever. Right. Yeah. But it would be out of date in one year versus any company that's going after this constantly. It's like always adding features and create and making sure that there's usability and different things going on all the time. So they're making it better. Same with chat. Like it's not that crazy to roll one out, but there's always new ways of making it better. And, and like a, a software as a service option is always, they're always working on it and making it better. So that's why I always one suggest of the ways to, yeah. to be a truly successful business is to do what you are uniquely good at yeah. and then pay for other people that are uniquely good at things. For instance, people say, I don't know a lot about marketing. I'm a contractor. I know how to put on a roof like nobody's business. I know how to run a production team like nobody's business. I'm going to contract to hook agency whose total focus and what they're uniquely good at is my marketing for me. That makes a lot of sense. That's actually what great business people that scale mm -hmm. do. Yeah. And the ones that don't do that are the other category. Well, I think I'll just try to do my marketing internally. I'll try to do this internally. I'll try to be a software company when I know roofing and try to have a dev team. You know how complicated it is. I would never, never try to go run a roofing company myself, even though I understand a lot about it because I'm a software guy. I know how to run it. I know the complexity of it, but I want other people. I'm going to call somebody to do my roof because they are uniquely good at that. That's how I think about it professionalism hey there's something beautiful about that there's yeah. something beautiful i like when people do know enough they, they get into it and they learn a little bit about it so that they i like when people uh chase money with effort too they 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 spend money with us but they're also kind of pushing in that they they yeah. even apply they apply more effort i think that that goes for you guys too like yeah so, so in our case like people will do videos internally and i love that because then it like helps us get a better result and in your guys' case, I'm guessing like, you don't just spend money on a CRM. You need to spend money on a CRM and then push into it and make sure that it's well spent yep. by, by ensuring that your people are trained, by ensuring that you increase adoption. Because every, every chunk of money that you spend, if you apply effort at the same time, you get so much more out of that money. It's very hard to just, this day and age in business, just spend quantities of money and expect that it goes perfectly. It's, it's supporting Never. that with like making sure that there's adoption internally, making sure that you're applying any effort that you can, making sure that like you go to the meetings that make that help onboard you or whatever it happens to be. Make sure that you do the onboarding, make sure that you do that you are present and aware and excited 
because it's an important thing for your business. If it's not an important thing for your business, maybe don't spend money on it. Yep. But if it is an important thing for your business, chase money with effort. Yeah. Uh, I think of the analogy of uh, weightlifting and having a trainer at, in, in terms of adopting a CRM or any software at all that's more enterprise level, you would have to consider this. If you think about going into a gym your first day and you haven't been working out before and your trainer looks super ripped and you say, and you see how much he lifts and you say, great, let me bench that too. It's going to end in disaster. Most likely you're going to get massively hurt and, and, and quit that day. So the right way to do it is to just take the bar and actually start learning the motion. Mm-hmm. And once you get the motion and the movement down, now you start stacking plates and you will get, you will get as jacked as that other person. You will be the strongest person in that gym but it takes time and you do it one step at a time. So that's the same thing with your CRM or your software. You start out learning the basics, getting your customers in there, tracking notes, getting everybody on the same page. And then you start stacking plates. Now we're going to add in estimating. Now we're going to add in photo taking. And you, and lo and behold, after a while, you're the best company in your area. You're the top uh, roofer in your category, but you had to stack the plates to get there. I love it. And one of those one of those initial exercises, body weight exercises, is answering the phone. So let's go. Let's circle this back around to the beginning of this. Answer the phone. Be nice. Get the details. Set the appointment. Make sure you're logging stuff in the CRM. We're here. We're rooting for you. Jab Nimbus is rooting for you. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience? Anything you want to shoot the shit about the roofing industry? Anything? What's going down, man? The only last thing I want to say is uh, we're passionate about our mission to make people heroes. I, I think a lot about this concept of the hero's journey, which is the story of how somebody leaves their normal life to go on an adventure. They go through a series of trials. And when they come back, they are changed by the experience. They are a better person or a better company. And it's the entire driving force of our mission. It's also internally how I think about it, my own place. When they come to a job, it should be a life-changing experience that makes them better. It's not just Mm. a job here, right? It's very aspirational and inspirational. And so I hope that comes through if you're listening that the number one thing I want you to know is we care about you. We want you to win. And every day, all we think about is how we can make you a hero. And, um, and, And because of that, we spend all of our time obsessing over your problems and how we can solve them. That's why I love having these type of conversations. So I appreciate you having me here, Tim. I love it too. And I I think of one of my favorite things about, hey, contractors have problems with hook agency sometimes. Guess what? what? But guess what? I want to be the guy. I want to be the guy fielding those problems and making our service better based on those problems. Like I want to be the ones that hear the problems. I want to be the ones that feel it. And like I, I put out a customer service survey the other day and I, you know, getting back things that we could do better. And I just, it's, um, I don't know. I want to be the guy that gets those problems. And I think like we, because we're in a hallway, you know, we only work with contractors. We have so many roofers. Um, we get a lot of the, you know, we fielded a lot of those problems and by being that company that has fielded a lot of those problems, we're going to just get better and better at this one mm-hmm. thing. Just keep on getting better. I think the same goes with job Nimbus. You guys are constantly working on these things that, um, you guys end up being the ones that get that feedback and the ones that are able to improve and innovate over time. Yeah. And in this smaller hallway of contractors, and I know you guys have a ton of roofers too. So yep. 
Um, how can people get started if they want to uh, check out Job Nimbus and they haven't yet? Yeah, we've got a free trial. It's the best place to just go to jobnimbus.com, sign up for the free trial. There's no credit card or anything required. You can get in there and try out every feature. Uh, we'll probably have one of our sales team will reach out to you within the first uh, you know couple hours of you signing up for a trial to say, would you like a demo? I highly recommend that because having somebody walk you through, understand what your problem is and show you how it's solved in Job Nimbus is super powerful. And you can decide whether or not this is the right thing for you. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, Thank you. Podcast is, uh, how, how could people just like follow your journey personally? Is it LinkedIn? And how yeah, the best place is follow yeah. me on LinkedIn. I always put yeah. out new stuff on there. Uh, well, here and there, a lot of, a lot of fun things happening. So yeah. Awesome. And the podcast is put on by hookagency.com, hook agency, all over social. And thank you guys for watching and or listening. Yep. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.